Welcome to the Unknown Packers Podcast. I am your host, Bryce Christensen, and today we are announcing our Unknown Packers reporter, Josh Ryder, is in the building. Well, technically in the building. We're both doing a podcast live. I know there's probably a bunch of you wondering what is the Unknown Packers reporter, uh, what happened to Josh Ryder with Lombardi Lounge, into here we won't go too much into that, but um, how we got him on board and we're going to be focusing now, it's the first part of the Dead Zone series on tap, focusing on the running back position. I will shut up, and I will welcome Josh Ryder, very first Unknown Packers reporter. How are you doing? Hey, Bryce. I am I am terrific. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to roll with this, the Unknown Packers. Um, I, As you said, I have I've been with the Lombardi Lounge. Um, things did not go as planned over there. So I kind of I put out a free agency kind of thing um, on Twitter, a little post, and I had a few sites reach out to me. But in the back of my mind, I just kept thinking about, you know, the unknown Packers. I kept thinking about you, Bryce. I kept thinking, you know, I, I had that one podcast before the draft and I thought of how much fun that I had. So I reached out to you, saw, thought if uh, if you had anything open, it would be a great fit. And fortunately enough, you did have something for me. And yeah, I'm just ready to rock and roll. To be quite honest, you you've kind of you've rejuvenated me. You you've given me a little kick to my step, and I've been I've been podcasting. We released the UPP draft guide, where we had all our members Jeremiah, Jason, and Tony provide mock drafts, provide uh, draft profiles, uh, so on and so forth. But then since then, you know, I've been recording some episodes, made it up to OTAs twice, and just really kind of thought that we were just going to continue doing podcasts. And so you, by you um, being available, being a free agent and your interest in the Unknown Packers podcast, um, that gave me an opportunity to kind of think outside the box and think, okay, what aspect can we add to the green, or to the, uh, the green Bay Packers, to the Unknown Packers, and make it a little bit more creative? And I think the sky's the limit with us. And initially, it was just podcasting, and now it's writing. Now we have a website, and now we have our very first reporter. So you really allowed that kind of key to open up a, a bunch of new doors. We added on Titletown Rain, uh, Jared Masuga, who is going to be our video and marketing director. We'll have him on describing his role. But I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, Josh, for being a fan, first and foremost, for supporting the Unknown Packers podcast and then reaching out, and I thought you were a hot commodity, and I didn't know what was going to happen, but I had a good feeling that you and I were cut from the same cloth. I'm glad that you're part of the UP, the Unknown Packers podcast. Again, uh, give give our listeners, give our supporters snapshot, if you will, into the future of what your role will be as the Unknown Packers reporter. Yeah, for sure. So, uh a couple years ago, I kind of got into journalism and, you know, I had a, had a passion for writing and I have a passion for the Green Bay Packers. So I thought that those two things would kind of go hand in hand. So anyways, as it relates to the unknown Packers, I'm, as you said, I'm going to be the reporter. So I'll be writing some articles, um, hopefully, hopefully getting one to two out per week. I'll be joining you here for podcasting. And then once the season gets ready and training camp comes, hopefully I'll be up there and I'll be doing some reporting from training camp, from preseason games, regular season games. And if we're lucky enough to get back to the to the postseason, hopefully I'll be up there doing some postseason recording. And I'll, I'm just really looking forward to this opportunity that you have provided me with. And 
this is going to be a great platform to get my name out there. And I think that we're going to do some big things here with the unknown Packers. Absolutely. I, I think the same thing. I, I'm really excited and I think we're just scratching the surface. Well, just like you said, training camp, regular season and uh, postseason. It's going to be really exciting. Uh, Josh, you have already unveiled two articles for the Unknown Packers, which is one being OTAs and the other one being Minicamp, which was released over the weekend. For our listeners and supporters, please check that out at Unknown Packers on Twitter. And uh, Josh, tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, so I am on Twitter at JoshRider328. Um, for those that don't know how to spell my last name, I get it a lot. and A lot of people say Reuter or something. So it's R-E-U-T-E-R. So it's at Josh Ryder 328. And like you said, I'll be manning the Unknown Packers Twitter page from time and time and again. So yeah, I'm just I'm just ready to get going and let's let's talk about some of these running backs we got on this squad. I love what you just said right here. So kind of some exciting news last week. The Packers made a surprising move, at least for me. I thought that they'd see what he could do in training camp, but I think his cap hit of, a, I believe, 850K was probably reason enough to cut ties with Capri Bibbs, uh, running back, former Washington Redskins running back, who we brought on to compete with all the other running backs you're going to talk about. But can you just uh, shed some light into that release and what that means for that running back position? As you said, it came to a surprise of – I mean, most Packer fans and most people that have been paying attention through this this dead zone that we like to call, Capri Bibbs being released was a pretty big surprise to a lot of people. Um, like you said, that I think it's I think it's about eight hundred fifty thousand dollar cap hit that might have uh, been enough to, for Gudikins to pull the trigger and let him let him walk and let him try and find somewhere else to battle for a job in, at a, another NFL training camp. But yeah, I mean, this it opens the door for guys like Jamal Williams and Dexter Williams to to really start battling it out for that running back two position. Well, let's jump right into it. So running back two position, I kind of am going into it thinking that Jamal Williams got a good firm grasp on that RB2 role. Am I wrong? Yeah, as of right now, I definitely see Jamal Williams being that RB2. Uh, He's a great change of pace guy from what Aaron Jones bring to the table. But I also wouldn't count out the other Williams, uh, Dexter Williams, the guy from Notre Dame that we took in the sixth round. You know, last year at Notre Dame, he played only nine games, but he still almost had 1,000 yards, and he had 12 touchdowns too. So he's uh, he's another change of pace guy that would bring another good um, background for behind Aaron Jones. So, you know, both the Williams brothers, as we like to call them, they're going to be fighting it out for that running back two position, that's for sure. So with Capri, before we jump in, I, I want to talk about this RB2 thing even more in depth because I, I really thought that, you know, it'd be Aaron Jones one, obviously Jamal Williams number two, but I didn't really realize that Dexter Williams is really that high on your list. Before we go into that, uh, let's wrap up Capri Bibbs. I like that you said that it gives him an opportunity to compete somewhere else. So maybe... Um, Kind of something that we we miss is that classy move by the Green Bay Packers. Maybe they already saw the writing on the wall and they cut ties and they allow him to get snatched up somewhere else and compete for um, a a position on that 53-man roster for someone else's team. Does someone else surprise you then as Capri Bibbs moves? Is there there a sleeper guy that we should – because Capri Bibbs was that sleeper running back that – 
probably wasn't going to make the 53-man roster, but I think he was going to create some noise in training camp. So is there another guy that we should be keeping an eye on now that Bibbs is gone outside of Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and Dexter Williams? I mean, those are the that'd be the three-headed monster that I would I would consider. But um, Trey Carson, the running back, um, I can't remember where he's from off the top of my head, but oh, I think it's Oregon or Texas A and M. Yeah, he he could surprise some people. Uh, he's he's another guy that's he's a change of pace guy from Aaron Jones. He's uh, he's a pretty decent sized back, but really. I think that those top three guys are going to be what make it onto the onto the fifty three men roster. Besides Danny Vitale, the fullback. So I think that I mean Trey Carson. You never know; injuries happen all the time in football. Um, training camp is it's going to be a rough one for some guys. So you never know if Trey Carson would make that make the team. But I think that these three: Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and Dexter Williams are the three that are kind of head and shoulders above everybody else at this point in time. Josh, you are one bright individual. You said Texas A&M and Oregon. He started at Oregon and then went to Texas A&M. So uh, very impressive. For some reason, I had Auburn in my head. So outside of that three-headed monster, does Danny Vitale make the team then? I know that he's a he's a fan favorite and maybe we're bestowing a little uh, um, future plans, but Danny V might become a very... Uh, popular guy at the unknown packers podcast we'll just we'll just sprinkle that out there for all our listeners so keep that in the back of your mind that danny vitale is going to become a good friend of ours but tell us do you think he's a lock to make that 53 you know as they say in the nfl nobody's really a lock to make the 53 obviously besides aaron Rodgers and a few other guys but you know i think danny does have a very good shot um he's gotten the seal of approval from AR-12 as well, saying Danny's got, I mean, he's got those huge arms. I mean, they're they're just, they're massive. But I think that he's he's got a pretty good shot to make this 53-man roster. Um, we haven't had a fullback since, I think it's been Ripkowski. But I think that Vitaly has that, has that edge to him, has that demeanor about him that makes you want to keep him on your football team, even if it's for just a special teams role. But I think that he has a pretty dang good shot to make that 53. Yeah, I agree. I he he's a guy that I think that Packer fans should be keeping an eye on, seeing what he can do, seeing what type of role he'll carve out in Matt Lafleur's offense. Now, when when we're talking about the big three, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and Dexter Williams, do you think it'll be a committee type of approach? Um, I know that. Bear with me, listeners. There's probably some that are just like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Why are you asking this question? But I really want to – we really don't know what's going to happen with Matt LaFleur. Everyone's talking that Aaron Jones is going to be the bell cow, the guy that's going to get the rock the most, which I believe. But would it surprise us that Matt LaFleur takes an approach where he keeps everyone healthy and is thinking about the longevity of the team and maybe a deep playoff run where then you then – minimize the carries of Aaron Jones and you you dish that out to Dexter Williams and Jamal Williams? You know, Bryce, I think you make a great point. Um, with the systems that Matt LaFleur has been around, you look last year with the Titans. They had kind of that two-headed monster with Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis. And then you look back even further and you go back to his Atlanta Falcons days where he had Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. So, you know, as, as it stands right now, you would think that Aaron Jones would be the one to take control of the running back room and have an even bigger and better role and better things coming in 2019 for him. Um, I think personally that if he can stay healthy, I mean, he's had a few problems here and there. He played 12 games last year, 
But if he can stay healthy, I think he has the he has the ability to be one of the top backs in the NFL. But like you said, it's all about keeping everybody healthy and keeping everybody fresh for that postseason run. So I think that initially I wouldn't be surprised to see LaFleur using all three of these guys, even even Dexter. It's interesting that you point out that Dexter Williams will have a significant role in the beginning of the season because typically as a rookie, wouldn't you think that you would you would ease him in a little bit? Or do you actually expect Dexter Williams to make a contribution, a big bang in week one against the Bears? Right off the bat, um, I don't expect him to – I mean, I don't think LaFleur is going to push him into it too quickly um, to get him uncomfortable. I think he wants him to learn the system just like he wants everybody else to learn the system. But Dexter Williams, when he got drafted in the sixth round this past year in April – I was ecstatic. I watched so much film of him when he was with Notre Dame, and I was like, man, this is the guy that would would thrive in a Matt LaFleur system because Matt LaFleur loves those those one-cut runners, you know, change change direction, change of pace real quick. And Dexter Williams is just that. Um, I know Matt LaFleur was asked a question about Dexter Williams a while back, and LaFleur even said he was surprised that Dexter was still there in the sixth round. So I think that Dexter, maybe not right away, but as the season goes on, Dexter will have a pretty prominent role in that running back room. Why do you think Dexter fell to the sixth? I think it's probably because of some off-the-field issues. Um, this past year, he was suspended for the first four games. And he was also arrested, I think it was two years ago now, for marijuana possession. So he has had his share of off-the-field issues. But, you know, some teams have the have that ability to look past it and – I think the sixth round is when you start taking some chances, taking some flyers on some guys that you think have that ability, but they may have had some trouble in the past. Even though they have that have had that trouble in the past, you think maybe they've had the, the chance to mature and move on from those those issues issues that they've had. So I think that's probably the main reason that he fell to round six was because he had his share of those off the field issues. And marijuana is not a drug. What do you foresee Aaron Jones realistically? Do you think he could be a guy that, I mean, we all know he's electric. We all were clamoring for it last year. But can he be that guy that can uh, handle the rock 20, 25 times? I mean, history has shown with Aaron Jones already that he's sustained some injuries that have hindered his ability to play 16 games. He did transform his body. Uh, this past offseason, I think he went from 11% body fat down to 5 Uh His words was he took out the Skittles and got healthier. And then uh, on top of it, he put on some muscle. So I think that he thinks that he can actually handle a workload for RB1. Give me your projections on Aaron Jones. Um, mine tend to be a little bit green and gold. Um, I've got my co-host, my dog Woodson. So my apologies, he just woke up from a little nap. Yeah, well, like you say, Aaron Jones has definitely transformed his body. And for all our listeners out there, I am 100% in on Aaron Jones in 2019 having that breakout year that Mike McCarthy would not let him have. I am 100% in. He has cut candy out of his diet. Like you said, he went from 11% body fat last year to 5.3% now. And the best thing about those numbers is that he's still at 205 pounds which means any weight that he lost in fat was replaced by muscle. So it's not like, oh, he's lost a ton of weight and, you know, he's not putting that muscle back on. 
he lost that fat that he had and he put he replaced it with muscle. So I think that Aaron Jones is pro, is in a prime position to have that breakout season that we as Packer fans have so desperately wanted from him for so long. And Matt LaFleur, it, he's committed to this run game. He he definitely is. He doesn't want to put too much on to Aaron Rodgers. So Jones needs to be in the best shape possible to go a full 16-game-plus postseason this year. I think that he is in the best shape of his life, and I think that he is 100% committed to staying in that best shape of his life. So if he can stay healthy, I think he can be that one of the top backs in the NFL this year, let alone being a top the top back for the Green Bay Packers this year. What's a stat line, you think? Yeah, this year – I think that Aaron Jones records his first 1,000-yard season. I think he's going to just get over the hump. I think it's going to be about 1,050-ish yards. I think he'll rack up about 11 to 13 running touchdowns. And I also think he's going to get about 50 receptions out of the backfield. And I think he'll put up maybe 400 to 450 yards as a as a receiver out of the backfield and possibly another four to four to six touchdowns there. So I think that he's going to be that he is going to be that bell cow right out of the gate as Matt LaFleur comes in for his first season. Man, 20 touchdowns. I would lose my mind if that occurred. And I do think it's, I don't, it's not far fetched. What we saw last year, what we saw the year before my first time going up to OTAs two years ago, uh, the unknown Packers podcast had just kicked off a couple months prior to that. And I remember watching Aaron Jones and just being blown away with his electricity, his speed. And then Aaron Aaron Rodgers talking about how much he respected Aaron Jones. And the minute that Aaron Jones stepped on the field, Aaron Rodgers in the huddle, and he tells how much he respects Jones and how much he thinks he can contribute to this team. And Rodgers isn't that type of guy that just doles out compliments left and right, let alone in the huddle, right when they're ready to drive down the whoever they were playing. And so I... I'm, I'm definitely on board with you. I think he might have a, a little bit more yardage. It'll be interesting to see what kind of running back by committee approach, if it'll be 60-20-20 where it's 60% Aaron Jones, 20% Jamal Williams, and 20% Dexter Williams. But Jamal Williams has also transformed his body as well, took this offseason very seriously. And so it's not only Aaron Jones that came in, bulked up, trim ready to run. Jamal Williams did too. So you've got this very impressive stat line by Aaron Jones. What do you think realistically that Jamal Williams can contribute? Because I think he could be a sleeper. And I think that when Rodgers went down, Jamal Williams did a lot of impressive things in his rookie year. And last year I think was a train wreck. So, you know, we'll just, we'll move on to this year with Matt LaFleur, but give me your take on Jamal Williams. I mean, you did say that Dexter Williams will, will compete for that RB2 spot, but what what type of role does Jamal Williams have? Will he just spell Aaron Jones, or will it be a two-headed monster like they had in Tennessee? Yeah, right out of the gate, I, I can see that two-headed monster. You know, like I said, you don't want to you don't want to overwork Aaron Jones by any means. So I think that Jamal Williams is that he's that change of pace guy, and I think that he's going to be that that second guy in this running back by committee role to start the season. But like I've said, Dexter Williams, I just see him coming on hot here. I think he's going to, he's going to take that running back two role from Jamal. I'd say probably about week eight, week nine. And anyways, I think that Jamal Williams, 
think he'll probably have – I mean, last year he had about 460 yards rushing, I know. I think it's going to go a little bit down for him this year. Um, and there's nothing against Jamal Williams. That's just that's just me promoting Aaron Jones even more. So I think that Jamal Williams, he's not that lead back, but he's a great option behind Jones. So I think he'll probably have anywhere from about 250 to 350 yards rushing, um, throwing a couple touchdowns for him. And out of the backfield as a, as a receiving back, he's not – like Aaron Jones, he's not that elusive type guy, but I still think he can contribute a little bit in that in that aspect. So I think he'll average maybe a catch or two a game, so about 15 to 20 catches this year, um, probably another 100, 100 to 150 yards, and about another touchdown there in that department. But no, like I said, no, no uh, diss to Jamal Williams. This is just me showing all the love to Aaron Jones. So. I think Aaron Jones is going to be that he's going to be that um, mean streak kind of guy, and Jamal Williams is going to be that running back too. But like I said, Dexter Williams, man, he's he's my he's my sleeper this year. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, g- coming into this episode, I wasn't expecting. I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm a little taken aback to be quite honest. I mean, we've got our unknown Packers reporter here, Josh Ryder. You can follow him on Twitter, Josh Ryder three two eight. That's R E U. T-E-R-328, Josh Ryder, and this is why we brought you on board. It gives another dimension. It gives another perspective uh, to the Unknown Packers podcast and the Unknown Packers production, but I, I to be quite honest, I, I wasn't expecting to see or to hear that Jamal Williams was probably going to be our running back three heading in heading into 2020. Yeah, I I. I think that Dexter Williams has that skill set that Matt LaFleur is looking for in a running back. Um, obviously, Aaron Jones is probably going to be that running back one, but you look at Dexter Williams and his stats last year at Notre Dame were very impressive. I mean, he only played nine games. He had 995 yards. He had, he put 12 touchdowns up on the board. He had, he had over averaged over six yards a carry. So I think that as a six-round pick and as um, a guy that has had his share of off-the-field issues – that's the reason that he fell to that sixth round pick. So I think that even with missing those four games at Notre Dame last year, he still almost had the a thousand yards rushing. I think that he is going to be, he's going to take that running back two role from Jamal Williams. And like I said earlier, I am a hundred percent in on Aaron Jones and I am 110% in on Dexter Williams. I love this guy from Notre Dame. I'm blown away. I, I You've convinced me to be a fan of Dexter Williams. I'm going to look into him a little bit more. I will admit when I was up at OTAs um, earlier this year, the first OTA, um, Dexter Williams' speed did impress me. And so it, it was something that just kind of caught my eye. It wasn't something that I was really particularly keeping an eye on. Uh, but Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones I thought were impressive. So this will be interesting. I think you and I will go back and forth a little bit uh, leading into training camp and leading into the regular season with Jamal Williams and Dexter Williams. So that's definitely a battle to keep an eye on. It's definitely a topic that you and I are going to talk about moving forward because, man, I, I just think that Jamal Williams will have a role, but the way you're selling me Dexter Williams is making me really think that it's going to be the Aaron Jones and Dexter Williams show. As we wrap up Dead Zone on tap, running back series give us a little bit uh share share some information with us before we wrap up what's something that you you want our listeners to know regarding the running back position 
and as we move forward into this dead zone series on tap. Yeah, so as I've touched on a few times in this podcast, Aaron Jones, I think, is going to be that bell cow for us. Jamal Williams, if you're listening, I hope you are. But I love you, man. But I think De- I think Dexter Williams is going to he's going to come up and surprise a lot of people. He's going to snatch that running back two role from Jamal. And like I said, Aaron Jones has transformed his body. He's cut that candy out, put on a lot of muscle mass. I think that as Lafleur is so committed to the run game, Jones will have his his bell cow, so to speak, season. And then. I got it still. I got to give more love to my guy, Dexter Williams. You know, he's 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 going to come out and surprise a lot of people. I, I got a lot of faith in Dexter. Yeah, this this is exciting. I I was I was amped up to do this episode. I'm geeking out right now. I'm definitely going to be uh, watching some Dexter Williams tape. As you can hear, I've got my co-host, not only Josh Ryder, the unknown Packers reporter, but also my dog Woodson. Um, he's seeming a little antsy. I think that's our cue, but before we wrap up for sure, is it Aaron Jones, Dexter Williams, Jamal Williams, and Danny Vitale? Those guys will be on the 53-man roster? Those are my guys to watch for the running back and fullback position. Those are going to be the guys that I think make it onto this 53-man roster of the Green Bay Packers. And what position are we going to be talking about next week as we continue our Dead Zone series on tap? Yeah, so all you listeners out there, come back next week. We're going to be bringing in the wide receiver discussion. So we know we have Devontae as our number one, but then it's kind of it's kind of a, a murky water, you know. You got Geronimo Allison, you got Jake Kumaro, you got Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Equinemius St. Brown, Jamon Moore. You can keep going with the list of wide receivers that we have, so – I don't want to spoil it too much, but come come back next week and give that podcast a listen. Um, I'm I'm like I said at the beginning of this episode, I am like you said, I am geeked to be a part of this unknown Packers team. I think we're going to bring a lot of a lot of positivity and a lot of great Packer information, and we're going to be that next big thing. I really do. I really believe that. Um, I'm committed to this unknown Packers podcast, and I I just want to let everybody out there know that. This is going to be that next big thing in Packers news. I wasn't planning on swearing, but you got me pumped up. So fuck yeah, Josh Ryder, unknown Packers reporter. This is the Dead Zone Series on tap, the running back edition. I am Bryce Christensen. And I'm Josh Ryder. And this is the Unknown Packers Podcast. <laughs>